Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we are back with another episode of Passion on Purpose. I am so excited that we have Michael Graber with Epic Pivot uh, on the episode today. I'm so excited to just, like always, dive right on in and um, get to the hard-hitting questions. So first, welcome, Michael. Thank you, Steph. So honored to be with you. <laughs> Likewise, I'm so stoked for this. So um, what is your why? My why is to help people and organizations that are willing to untap their inherent potential. I love that. Help people who are willing. They have to be willing. It's like love. You have to be willing and capable to make those changes, right? But if they're willing, we can unlock, you know, and then both people and organizations. Because what are organizations? If you think of the word corpus, right, it means body. It's just a shared body. But it's kind of like this one big Frankenstein of many people that becomes one entity. So a corpus. Yeah. I love that. So say it again, because you have that locked and loaded. Your why again. My why is to help willing people and organizations tap their inherent potential. Inherent potential. Okay. You're wowing me here. So you have so much in your why and you're, it's so thought out, right? Some people stumble with this one, but you are boom on the ready. Um, Inherent purpose. I love that. I speak so much about things that are innate with us, right? Right. Just natural abilities, talents, skills, interests, passions, things like that. And I've spent the better part of my life learning that those are actually skills. Because when they're innate to you or inherent to you, you kind of almost take them for granted. Do you, is that something, you, how do you work all that into the people you serve and organizations you serve? Well, I approach it differently. I think so many people are living suboptimally and so many organizations are living suboptimally. And they had all of these expectations from culture and education just thrust upon them. And it's keeping them from being their truest selves and bringing their highest value to the world. So it's almost bucketing out all the gunk, all the junk, you know, and cleaning it up. There's there's this great myth about the the lindworm. It's an old fairy tale, but some very smart woman falls in love with a snake and she has to scrub the snake with lye and still wool only to find that there's a prince there's a, it's a long story and he ate several women before she was able able enough to figure it out but i think inside of everybody there is this genuine nobility that's as idiosyncratic as their fingerprint but they're scared to be that authentic and so it's through these practices and these mindsets try to get them comfortable with really blossoming and flourishing wow and so do you 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 help those who are willing and they're the organization. So do you work solely with companies? Do you work with the individuals? Has this been an evolution and in how, how things have been? 
for you yeah, at Epic Pivot? Question. Yeah, so I, so I entered through a Trojan horse, if you will, right? I came through the world of innovation and human-centered practices and human-centered design. And what I noticed is it was getting all these different people, chemists, engineers, R&D people, marketers, teaching them human-centered design, and the lights just went on in these people. And suddenly they saw that the old way of working that was, you know, the way that we think about work and corporations from the industrial revolution, even how we think about labor and time, all those things are so wrong. Um, and it's such an odd inheritance to look at those things as absolute truths, but to watch the lights come on on these people and see them live up to their potential and change their career trajectories has been amazing. And then what we, stumble upon was if we could do this at a personal level what if we work with organizations to do this and what if we take it a step further so while that is my why there also is kind of a personal mission and that's to turn business into a force of good in the world turn organizations into healing organizations that help people flourish that give back to their communities in meaningful ways that change their whole business model. So it's healthy for the planet, healthy for the people that work there, healthy for the organizations. And you can only do that by having the North star of a purpose that everybody agrees on, right? So it's both, it's a both and. Everyone has to know their individual purposes to align to what I'll call a corporate or organizational purpose. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing I speak on all the time about core values and how those are equally as important to share externally as they are to recruit and maintain and keep people internally. Is that purpose, those core values, the way that you behave and what you believe needs to fuel it all internally just as equally right. as drawing people in externally, right? That's right, because it's too from my perspective, with my company's perspective, it's all about how we define and create value. Because that's why organizations are here. So one is profit, you know, and that's easy, right? But another could be employee retention, employee happiness, employee flourishing, supplier happiness, right? Or giving back to the mechanism. Or if you look at the model of conscious capitalism, like a Ben and Jerry's, all their suppliers have to supply a good quality product at a good quality price that meet all their standards, but they also have to have a social good. So they order all their brownies and their cookie dough from Grayston Bakeries. And Grayston Bakeries now makes about 400 million a year from them hiring unemployables, ex-cons, ex-felons, and recovering drug addicts. And teach, they claim they're not in the bakery business, but the life skills business, but they've turned around so many lives. And you, that's one supplier but their whole ecosystem with all their suppliers have to meet a social good and an economic good at the same time. So that is a really embedded purpose and that is a demonstration of purpose. Yeah, I like to say that those are your uh, your decision-making principles, right? A lot of times people call them core values because they're supposed to be the, what you value at your core, but you can value that all day long, but if you don't filter the decisions you make, such as who, do, who does Ben and Jerry's partner with, right? Do they also align with our core values? That's where companies, and you probably can attest to this better than me, but that's probably where companies tend to, like, do you work on that a lot? If, if a company is working with Epic Pivot and yourself, mm -hmm. and maybe they haven't even defined these things, how much do you help them 
with that? Tell it kind of give me a a little bit of a case study of how you work with sure. these organizations. So we've worked with many organizations on what we call purposeful transformation. And there's a whole process on our website for anyone who wants to geek out on all the points in the framework and, and all the different different facets. I think I'll just give a quick case study. Yeah. So there was a school, it was here in Memphis. It was a kindergarten through um, high school and they were hemorrhaging people as a private school. They were kind of lost and didn't know what they wanted to be. Um, and so we started working with them to discern their purpose. And um, there was a great debate on what kind of school they should be. In the past, and they've been around about 100 years, they had been an all-female boarding school, a Montessori school, a private school where kids got sent if they got in trouble with drugs at other schools, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of, and what, no matter, I guess, where you are generationally is how you saw the school, which just meant they it was schizophrenia. You know, it was, it, their brand was everywhere because it meant absolutely nothing because it meant something different to everyone. Yeah. And so we started working with them, helped them discern their purpose first. And what we found was that they had more children from more countries, now 65 countries there. So we said, why don't you celebrate this? And so then we began to activate that purpose. They got an international baccalaureate program. Oh, they wow. started with a sister school in Switzerland, then India. They set up the flags from all the countries of everybody like the UN when you drive up. And they also have cultural exchanges with food and folk dances and other things that are set up. Uh, and then they started practically going to um, real estate agents and HR departments of big corporations who are bringing people from other countries, from other continents here and saying, if you want your children to have a real passport to the world, this is the place where you need to go to school. Now, they're doing amazing work. They're winning awards. It, it is filled with it's waitlisted in terms of, of how busy they are, you know, record numbers of attendance. And um, they people know exactly who and what they are. If you're going to go to school, there is a palpable sense of the brand, the mission and the purpose. I love, too, that when you said that you didn't you guys didn't just create something like let's just be the this of that. It was let's pull things out of you that are inherent to your purpose and how you're serving and then play on that, create strength from that. That's already there. Yeah, you know, we're not what I often say, you know, we're not putting lipstick on a pig. We're not saying we're this just to say we're this because there's a hole in the market or it's the trend of the day. Right. You, you, you did a really phenomenal job from what I can hear of pulling innate things or inherent things out of their mission. Right. We, we you know, it's secretly we, and it's between us and everyone who's listening. We call it corporate shamanism. And, you know, we're listening to the energies of the place and we're discerning. And there's an old saying that the truth is always at hand. And so purpose is a lot like branding in that it has to be true to you, true, resonant with your DNA as an organization, but it also has to be open in the market, right? And somewhere between those two principles is your North Star. Yeah. Well, I challenge too, like open in the market, I think doesn't necessarily always mean that there's no one doing it, right? It doesn't mean that there's, that it's completely open. Uh, I believe that with that purpose and with that North Star being so in the forefront, it actually creates more openings in the market 
because you've tapped in deeper than you know we're a shoe store or we're a school right right yeah it's certainly not not on the category meaning we're just a private school or we're just a right. private school that work right but the variation of the theme and a position which they can genuinely own and live into yeah yeah, yeah. i love i love that that's that's amazing and so so you worked with them and then really helped this this you know this initial stage of kind of reshaping their brand or or bringing their brand back to the forefront then how do you continue to work with them or is that the extent of the yeah, relationship? Yeah, so it wasn't i guess it was their brand and their identity but then even beyond their identity was ways to operationalize and implement all of those findings programmatically right structurally so so after we discern the purpose something beautiful happens and that's it, it's a very magnetizing effect the people that aren't aligned with the purpose just leave there was one director at the school who wanted the school to be the top technology-led school and it was that but they decided hey that's not core to us that's not our driving why so she left and went to work at a software company someone yeah. else wanted a process style school which is a progressive uh evolutionary almost montessori like education he left to be a principal at a school like that right so yeah. what they so then after that we work and rewrite the strategy of the school based on the purpose and also help them and work workshop with them how to restructure everything based under that purpose with a purpose as what we'll call the meta tuning fork of the whole organization right but both the strategy and structure change and are tuned to the purpose at that point and then there's all kinds of strategies and tactics and how to pay that off with every audience yeah i love you're just your music to my ears because it's something i preach all the time is that you know we can start marketing we can put a sales team together we can put together offers we can do all this all day long but if it's not rooted with this purpose, this and, and if that's not established as our brand, um, and brand having purpose and why and and clarity, um, then just like your school, over a hundred years, that foundation has shifted. It's been rocked. There's been cracks, and it's no longer even a fiction, or, or it's not even a, a percentage of what we started out to be because we didn't even solidify it right then i right. talk about that so much so i love like you kind of just really set that up for a really good <laughs> segue into what i believe very much yeah um, i love that and that's that's key to it and similar to i guess greenwashing with the whole purpose movement really kicking into full bore and being headline articles on harvard business review and other business magazines there's a lot of purpose washing going on but similar to greenwashing, you can sniff out who's genuine, who's living out, I'll call it their soul's imprint as an organization, and who's just putting up some window dressing that's pretty superficial and it's going to change when the next leader comes in. Yeah. No, I love that you bring that up. Um, I have, you know, that's kind of where that lipstick on a pig analogy mm -hmm. I, I use often, right? Um, you know, we don't, and I would imagine similar to you, we don't work with in organizations who are looking for that greenwashing, right? We, no, we want it to be authentic. And so the business model has to change. You know, for us, it's not only about the marketing, it gets into that structure and strategy. And 
typically revenue is going to change how they distribute that value creation is going to change it gets pretty even how they to how their board looks at books maybe it's no longer just about the financial performance but it's about the human performance or it's about their performance in the community yeah it gets systemic quick yeah uh there's something you said on your site and i wanted to make sure we talked about it um you had said you know business is now human to human and so i i wanted to probe you on that because you know especially over the last two years of us going from very physically energetically human to human right in the same space having real lunches and i know we're getting back to some normalcy for a while but we went totally shifted right and automation was stronger than ever virtual became stronger than ever so i'm really curious how you and epic pivot continue to bleed your your belief in business as human to human through the last few years or couple of years great question very rich and so what we see more and more is that the old models of business are unhealthy for human beings, unhealthy for other species, unhealthy for the planet. Um, you know, it's good to a certain level, but then the dominance and exploitation and in reality, meaning right here, right now, there's no such thing as what economists call externalities, which will be polluting waterways, but, you know, doing all kinds of damage that, that's just kind of a, what do they call that in war? I, I, I don't remember the phrase, but uh, just some some collateral damage. That's the term. Okay. I'm looking okay. for, right? from doing business. And it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, how we think about business was set up during the Industrial Revolution. And it goes back to the first consultant, Robert Winslow Taylor, who wanted to take out all the artisans and just put cogs in a machine and treat people like a machine. And that's how we think about Human human relations, HR, right, and that's how we mm -hmm. think about people keeping timesheets and time as inventory. But humans are much more psychological than that. And even how we think about profit only as is another aberration of what really was meant to be. And I'll give a quick geeky example. Adam Smith wrote Wealth of Nations, and that's where we get the whole idea of the economy being this invisible hand where all ships rise. At the same time, he published a second book called the theory of moral sentiment, which if wealth of nations is all on a polarity spectrum, if you will, the masculine side of business, the okay. theory of moral sentiments was the communal and feminine aspects where business is supposed to take care of everyone. But nobody pays attention to this side, right? We've, we've gotten real lopsided and myopic to this draconian system where profit is everything at any cost. And it's costing us all our humanity and our habitat all of these things, um, I could go on about this far too long, but even a lot of people quote Darwin, right? And they'll say, it's survival of the fittest. It's dog eat dog. It's, mm -hmm. But they haven't read Origin of the Species where love is mentioned more than 400 times and survival of the fittest is mentioned four times, right? Yeah. And so how we've, and that's become the mindset of business. That's become the template that we get in MBA school, right? And that becomes how we see things. But what we see, and is it, and you can see it because of the great resignation and the longing for more meaning, more, mm -hmm. more purpose in life, right? And people willing to quit their careers because of it across the world after this forced retreat of the pandemic is that we're hungry for something and where we spend most of our working hours 
should provide that. The last thing I'll say here is that Google's great study, Project Aristotle, and that's where everyone hears about psychological safety. That was the foremost tenet of high-functioning teams, psychological safety. But third was meaning through our work, and uh -huh. fourth was purpose through our organizations, right? Um, and if we're not finding that, then we're not going to stay at those organizations. So there's consumer pressure for brands to make a difference in the world, to be a force of good in the world. There is real employee pressures for companies to do right and change their business model. And there's this emerging thing that, hey, we're in this all together. And I am a messy psychological being, a human, right? I am not some compartmentalized, discombobulated, brain that's going to go sit in front of a computer that's going to you know you're going to be able to turn into some kind of cyborg and connect and have me do algorithms here right we've got yeah. machines now that we have machines to do that what does that mean for our species right and what does that mean for the role of business i love that i feel like we do not have enough time together already uh, one thing that the quote that was popping into my head as you were sharing all of that was um in the past, business was about muscles. Now mm -hmm. it's about brains. In the future, it'll be about heart. Hallelujah. And, yeah. Yes, and, and that quote was quoted 20 plus years ago, right? And we are in that now, right? We are truly in the now where business is about heart. So if yeah. you aren't showing your heart, if you aren't showing your hands, if, if that is not leading intentionally through your business, then you are in that that moment of where it's just about brains and muscles and that doesn't create, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't, uh, it's not altruistic in its form, right? Or at least you're not sharing that. Um, and it's not going to sustain the workforce's goals. The new, right. the new workforce is human, like our new workforce humans, right? They are right. tapping into this heart and it's more meaningful and more of a driver than ever before um yep and it gets to an almost business existential question what is the purpose of business and capitalism and if it's not to enrich our lives fully and at this point we know with maslow's hierarchy it is to be vulnerable and transparent and trusting at work we mentioned psychological safety it's to find meaning and purpose through work all of those things then what are we doing you know? yeah yeah how are we investing our time right I love that epic pivot and, and your team and yourself helps organizations. Like it's it's like taking what we do here with Vim to a very executional level. Like it's now how do we put that into true everyday action? Um, that That is amazing to me. I absolutely love it. If my listeners are geeking out as much as I am and I know you are, how what's um you know when they're looking at their organization and thinking about their own purpose and then they are resonating with what you're sharing and they're thinking about contacting epic pivot what epic pivot what's the best um starting you know offer or moment to kind of kick things off with you yeah so i i make my, myself available if anyone wants to talk about organizational purpose i'll offer a three 30 free 30 minute call about your organizational purpose helping you discern that we really think it's part of the revolution of how work is going to make the world 
livable and sustainable. So we really want to be a part of that. And we invite everyone to be a part of that movement. I'm willing to invest my time. So just reach out, Michael, epicpivot.com. Yeah, well, you guys know, I mean, you absolutely know I speak of intention and I speak of enthusiasm and I speak of living that through your business and through your brand all day long. That's all you ever hear from me. So if your organization is struggling with how to execute strategies and um, really dive deeper into that, I would really encourage you to check that out. I'll make sure in the show notes that we have the link to uh, reach Epic Pivot and Michael and uh, any last words, Michael? There's one more thing too. Yes, so yes. it's so important for all the reasons we talked about, but if you need some convincing with your C-level or your CEO or president or whomever, tell him or her that the companies that follow this playbook outperform profit only companies somewhere between 8X to 13X to one. You know, the, the, there's been a great longitudinal study called Firms of Endearment and others about why we want to buy from companies that are doing good in the world. You truly can do well by doing good. So. Oh, I, I concur with that 100%. And it's so in alignment with the direction of our consumers, our workforce. Um, and if you aren't tapping into that now, and you are a young company, you know, midway through your company, you are going to be behind, right? And if you're later into your company years, I implore you to check this out and, and dive deeper. Um, but definitely, if you are in the 5, 10, 15 years of your company, and you want to make sure you are have longevity, this this stuff matters. It really does. Yeah. Gosh, well, Michael, enjoy to speak with you. Yeah. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, thank you for being flexible. As I don't even know if I need to share this, but I just love when I connect with great people who are flexible. I wasn't feeling well when Michael and I were originally supposed to talk. And so the graciousness of you coming back on is I wouldn't have been at my best today if it wasn't for that flexibility. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a joy. Thanks. All right, guys, until next time. Steph here. Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.